0: Hi, I'm Alice from the Postdoctoral Development Center at Queen's University, Belfast. Welcome to the Theory of the Postdoc Evolution podcast. This is episode 11, which features an interview of Dr. Sarah Dolan, talking about her experience as a medical science liaison and commercial manager in Galen. It was carried out by Lauren
1: Kearns, a postdoc in Queen's Center for Cancer Research, in February 2021. Enjoy!
0: First of all, I just want to say, Sarah, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. Um, So for those of you who don't know Sarah, I'm just going to give a short bio regarding her career. So um, Sarah studied a PhD in biochemistry in um, the National University of Ireland in Galway from 2006 to 2010. And then following this, then she joined um, the CCRCB. So she worked here as a postdoc for both Dan and Paddy for a period of two years. So then in 2012, Sarah then left the CCRCB and she joined Galen Pharmaceuticals. So she's been working there now for, um, I think, almost 10 years now. Uh, She started her career in industry as a European medical science liaison in oncology. She then stayed within this role for um, approximately two years before moving to a medical manager role in 2014. And then after five years as a medical manager, Sarah then moved to her current role in 2019 as a commercial manager in medical nutrition. So thank you very much, Sarah, and welcome. So just to sort of get started, it would be great if you could tell us just a little bit about Galen and sort of what your typical day would look like there. Of
1: course, yeah, happy to. So Galen is actually a... A sales and marketing company so it's part of the ALMAC group which I think probably everybody in Queens is familiar with with the ALMAC group so so Galen and uh, is the sales and marketing part of that company so and uh, we have a range of products for everything from GP primary care right up to very advanced and um, medicines that are used in hospitals so the bulk of my role I probably for, for this will focus more on the medical of the medical sciences is probably more connected to where everybody is um, in your your careers at this point in time. So doing a medical science liaison or a medical manager role um, in industry, particularly in a sales and marketing type company, you really are the the expert, you're the resource for the medicine, how it works and the therapy area. So um, there isn't really a typical day as such, but you'd probably have really probably two typical days. You would generally spend probably 50% of your time working in the office. So that could be um, answering questions that come in from doctors and nurses and different customers or colleagues on the therapy area of medicine and will it work in this situation or that situation and um, or does it interact with these particular drugs. It could be working with the marketing team. So when they're developing, The marketing materials and campaigns for the sales team to use, they need to make sure that they're scientifically accurate and that the data that's available supports what they're saying. So you'd work closely with them. Uh, You could also have meetings with business development when we're looking at new products to develop or products to bring in from other companies, does the evidence support them appropriately? Um, You know, are they going to work? And then will they also fit within the healthcare setting that you're looking at? And then the other 50% of the time, you're you're out doing what we call field work. So you're out in the hospitals with the customers and either having one-on-one meetings with, with senior consultants about introducing new medicines or how to use them or how to change service, or it could be um, doing some training or I've, I've spent time in operating theatres, training uh, surgeons up on how to use some some new devices and things like that. So, uh, Or you could be out with sales team members when they first start to, to help them increase their knowledge of the drug and the therapy area. So it's quite a, a wide range of activities.
0: Yeah, definitely. There seems to be quite a lot there. Um, In terms of when you were discussing sort of the field work there, obviously with the pandemic and stuff, how is has that been in, affected by
1: that? I mean, massively. I mean, the fundamentals are, are still there. You're, you know, these kind of virtual meeting facilities have been, you know, revolutionary. Um. So I don't have any more time to, to get up at uh, half four in the morning for the 6.35 Belfast International to Gatwick flight that I was on quite regularly in the past. So in that way, it's been great and um, that the travel has cut down. But at the same time, you really miss that interaction um, with, with the customers and with the patients. It's not the same. And I'm very much looking forward to when we can get back out in the field. I found being in the office you know, five days in a row, really quite challenging. The week feels very long for me when you're used to being much more active and out and about.
0: Yeah, I think we're all feeling the same at the minute, you know, having to work from home a lot more than what we're used to, especially, you know, in our area when we're used to being in the lab a lot more. Um, so it has been difficult, I think, for everyone. So um, if you can, would you be able to talk us through sort of like a project you've been working on recently and sort of how your what your role looks like in within that project?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, one particular project comes to mind. It's it's a new development project that we're working on. So it's um, creating a new medicine. And so generally we're working not so much with the bench research, the basic research that I would have done in kind of PhD and postdoc you tend to be working with molecules that are more at phase three, phase four stage. and um, So you're bringing them further along. So there's one product that we're working on that it's it, it's my baby. I'm, I'm really attached to it. And it came about from a conversation I was having while out in the field with a, um, a consultant anaesthetist who was very senior in the military. So he does a lot of their their pre-hospital care. And we were talking about translating treatments from hospital to the pre-hospital setting and like battlefield analgesia and the challenges there, and and just came up with an idea that if we could do a certain thing, it it could actually really make a huge difference and, and save lives, particularly in that trauma setting. So we took it back and I spoke to my business development colleagues about the potential there and we looked at it and then they looked at what's available globally, is there anything else out there that's like it? And then I spoke, set up like a scientific advisory board, essentially from a couple of experts in the field and um, doctors, professors. So we looked at it all, looked at all the evidence that's out there, worked out if this was something we could possibly do. And then we started working with another regulatory agency and a, and a kind of a more basic research scientist to see what we could do. And, and uh, that project is ongoing. So from the medical support for that, so it was involved right at the beginning to see if it's actually feasible. And so you're using your, your science background to really assess that and your ability to really interrogate clinical data appropriately and find the holes and find the gaps of those skills you get during your PhD and postdoc. Uh, so you're applying those skills uh, and then you are just leading and coordinating kind of an advice panel um, to get that project moving forward and making sure it's going to be fit for purpose when it does hit the market.
0: That's really interesting, actually, because I think a lot of postdocs have this perception of industry being that you don't, you don't, you don't have any sort of freedom there. Whereas this project, you know, you've basically came up with this from the very beginning and been there the whole way through. So it's really interesting. You do still have a little bit of creativity there when you're working in industry that I think a lot of people think you don't
1: get. Yeah, I and I can appreciate that because that's probably the same mindset I had, um, when I was, you know, in the academic setting industry was always perceived as the dark side. You know, that was what you did when you failed at academia. Like that was kind of the perception and it, it really is nonsense. There are certain aspects where you will have restrictions. I mean, moving from academic research to industry research, when you first go in at the ground level, you're researching what you're told to do in the way you're told to do it. But as you move up the ladder, if that's what you're interested in, you will very much be involved in much like in academia in setting the research goals and things like that for me moving to a section which was no bench research but still having input into the scientific development of the company was something i really i really enjoyed Yes, yeah, so don't uh, i would encourage everyone to don't shut down industry and um, just because you've had one or two people that have gone to a bench research in a local business and not had a pleasant experience there's so many roles in industry you know it's so vast and there's so many different types of roles that the skill set you learn as a, as a scientist and a phd scientist can be applied to just go and, and talk to people and, and find out what the different roles are that are out there there's probably something that will make you feel very fulfilled
0: yeah absolutely so um so what aspect of your job really do you find the most challenging
1: oh, probably a bit like everyone it's it's the ever increasing volumes of administration that need to be done, the paperwork, and and it is a regulated industry. So we do have guidelines that we have to work towards. So you do have to have probably more SOP training and things like that, that you you get away without doing so much of in academia. So that's always a little bit challenging. But thankfully, that's a smaller part of the role than anything else.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we all feel the same. That's the the least, the more boring side (laughs) of all of our jobs i think so um what drove you to leave academia and sort of move into industry was it something that you know you'd always planned on or is it just how
1: things fell it wasn't something that i had planned on as such and and definitely when i started my phd like everyone does in the first year of your phd you're convinced you're going to win the nobel prize because your your research is so good and your ideas are so brilliant and i definitely had my heart set on an academic career that's what i thought i wanted and so by the time I got to the end of the PhD, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this or not. And I also thought I needed to change the scenery. I've been in Galway for my degree as well. So I've been there for, for eight years. So I was like, right, I need I need somewhere fresh. So I thought the safest option is to get a postdoc, because um, that's just the way the way you're thinking. It's kind of relatively comfortable, but, but changing it up. So I, I uh, packed my bags and moved up to Belfast and into Queens there, into the CC or CB. And I really enjoyed my time there, but I found, I'll never forget, there was one conversation I had with my PI at the time, and it was coming towards the end of that first postdoc, and we'd gotten the CRUK grant renewed, and he said, look, you know, we can move you on to this three-year contract. And I just suddenly had this feeling of, I I can't can't do this for three more years. And I'm actually, uh, and it was the first time I probably realized that I wasn't, really enjoying what I was doing. And I thought, right, I need to I need to change it up here. So I thought about what aspects of the role I really enjoyed and what ones I didn't so much. So I really enjoyed the, you know, being involved in science. That's what we all trained to do was something I loved. Talking to people, interacting with people, traveling to conferences and, and doing all that side of kind of the more interpersonal side of science as well as actually learning and developing. Physically being on the bench, and the challenges that come with that, and the frustrations that can come with that when when your gel doesn't set or there's a fungal infection in this in the incubator and your work is destroyed, I found that aspect of the work was what I didn't enjoy. So I I once I worked out what I liked about science, and um, I looked for roles in industry that um, would fit that. So I spoke to some people that I had known from my PhD and and. There's so many connections between Queen's and the various industries in Northern Ireland at the moment. Everybody knows somebody that can give them some advice or can put them in touch with somebody who can give them advice. So I learned about this MSL, medical science liaison role, and I thought actually that sounds like it has a lot of the things I like to do and some new challenges as well. So I was lucky and I think it was serendipity that at that particular moment in time that I was looking for something different, Galen, who'd never had an MSL before on staff put out an ad for, for a medical science liaison in oncology. It said they wanted somebody with experience, but I thought I'd go for it anyways. And and, uh, yeah, I ended up getting it and, and it changed my career path completely.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, it's really funny you saying that, you know, um, your PI coming to you and saying, oh, we've got a three-year, you know, postdoc position for you here, because I know a lot of us sitting here as postdocs would die and would absolutely love for our PI to come to us and say that. So, obviously, at that time, you really knew that that's not what you wanted, because if you had wanted to continue to stay as a postdoc, you absolutely had that opportunity. So, um, that's really, really good advice there, yeah. Um, so, did you think you know find the transition from academia to industry did you find it challenging obviously it's like a completely different role of what
1: you were doing but how did you cope with that really um it was it was I don't know if challenging is the right word interesting I think is probably more so than than challenging it was it was so different um but it I found it really exciting um just doing something new in a totally different environment and there's a huge amount of travel involved, particularly with the medical science liaison role. And because it was a European MSL role, I was only there about two weeks and I was off to Germany to meet with some doctors there with with my manager at the time um, to have some discussions about uh, setting up clinical trials with them. And so it was very different. I don't think challenging is the right word, but exciting, interesting, but it could have been daunting at times.
0: Absolutely yeah I think that would be the case for anybody when you're moving out of your comfort zone like like Mm -hmm. you said before you know whenever we finish our PhDs we all just want to move on to a postdoc because it is within our comfort zone it's what we know it's just slightly different and we get paid more so it's even better. So in within your field and within sort of industry what is sort of work-life balance like because I know a lot of us postdocs struggle with leaving the lab behind and, you know, trying to relax at home and things like that. So how, how does that differ in industry?
1: I mean, it, it in general, it's quite good. I mean, I would say there is some variety from one company to the next, and it is very dependent on the culture of the company. And um, in Galen, we have a really strong culture um, about being kind to people and being ethical. And, and um, our managing director is very much pro having that work-life balance. making sure it fits for you so I mean if anybody's in the office after kind of half five six you know you're getting chased out the door going why are you still here nothing is that important that I can't wait until tomorrow equally if you're on a day off and you're replying to an email she will come down and say what do you think you're doing I saw you replying to those you were on your annual leave that's your time to recharge Um, and get away from work so you can come back refreshed. So it's important to take the break. So where we are, there's a great work-life balance. But I would say that I do know that that can vary across different companies. So try and find that out uh, when you're going to a company, see what their culture is like.
0: Yeah, I guess that's the same sort of, you know, it varies between PIs as well, because you'll have certain PIs within the centre, you know, that will encourage, you know, after five, be like, right, come on, it's time to go home, whereas other PIs, don't care if you're here until nine o'clock, that kind of thing. So yeah. I guess it's the same sort of um, aspects. So obviously you um, did your PhD in biochemistry. So mm-hmm. how um, relevant is sort of what you did during your PhD to what you're doing now and even what you did in your postdoc?
1: I mean, the basic research that I worked on is not massively relevant. Like, I can't even remember what half of the research I did. This. I remember working on HDAC inhibitors and FLIP was knocking around somewhere. Um, but the fundamentals of of biochemistry, actually probably more stuff that came from your degree is usable now in the day, in day-to-day working, particularly actually in my current medical nutrition role where I'm working with people with metabolic diseases. So that's very much the biochemistry comes back into it. I have to refresh myself on Krebs cycles and urea cycles and all of that. and <laughs> um, So that's actually something that I use all the, all the time. I think um, in terms of skills from a PhD, it, it's the transferable skills, it's that ability to look at a data set and interrogate it properly and come up with a clear kind of consensus from what the data shows rather than just reading what the author's conclusions were. You know, it's, it's that training you have in independent thought that is really applicable in a huge number of, of industry jobs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So was there any sort of additional courses or qualifications that you sort of would recommend for a career in industry or anything that you did additional to sort of your PhD that you find has helped you um, in your career?
1: In terms of the first move into industry, there's nothing in particular that I did above and beyond uh, the normal skills that you have uh, during a PhD. One thing I would probably say is... um. If you think there's a particular type of role that you might like rather than just doing research in academia or doing research in an industry setting, if there's something a little bit different that you want to go for, maybe look into doing a simple marketing course or or just learning about the pharmaceutical industry. You know, there's some basic training that will just give you some guidelines on what the rules and regulations are to work in this field in the different aspects of it. But don't uh, I don't want anybody to feel they have to. Go off and do additional courses just to get in. If you just learn about what the company is, if you're looking at a particular company, or learn about what the roles are that you're potentially interested in going for, they were the biggest assets. Is just do some research in terms of what the roles involve.
0: Um, I assume sort of within Galen and they provide a lot of it sort of in-house training anyway. Whenever you assume a role,
1: yeah, of yeah, there's a huge amount of, of training uh, within the role, you know. Uh, from colleagues or, or external training, if that's needed, depending on what role you're going into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you started your career and you didn't, you know, as a medical liaison and you didn't have any experience in that. So, but I guess a lot of the skills that you've learned have been transferable to that role as well and then have allowed you to work your way up
1: throughout the company. It. It's, it's really not underestimating the value of this and the amount of transferable skills you actually have from an academic setting that work really well in industry.
0: So I only have sort of one final question, and it's really just sort of what advice would you give to someone and um, that's currently in academia and is maybe considering um, a career in industry?
1: The first thing I suppose I would say was uh, stop thinking of it as the dark side. <laughs> it, it's really not. Um, and something that can be really helpful is if you think about a particular activity or moment in your current work that you really enjoyed or gave you a lot of pride and just spend a couple of minutes thinking about that moment and write down the two or three aspects of that that you really enjoyed the most. Was it was it problem solving? Was it how you worked with colleagues? You know, was it the actual, under, you know, was it setting up the new flow cytometer? Whatever that may be. And then once you understand what really gives you fulfillment and enjoyment in your work, I would go out and say, talk to people in industry and work out what roles will give you, will meet those needs that you have and give you the most enjoyment. Because once you enjoy what you're doing, you know, you'll, you'll do, you'll be successful. And, and that's it. And don't just, there's so many different types of areas you can go into from from where you all are now in the industry setting. And don't just go for the one that looks the most obvious or the easiest or go well that's an industry job so I'll just take that because it mightn't actually suit you as a person and what you want in the long term. So that would be it. It would be work out what you really enjoy and then talk to people to figure out what type of roles are out there that will kind of give you the most enjoyment.
0: That's great Sarah. I just want to again say thank you so much for joining us today. Um it was great to hear about everything that you've done. And that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed Sarah's story. One of the take-home messages for me really is to challenge your preconceptions about any role, sector or company and keep an open mind or you might miss out on a very fulfilling career. Have a look at other career stories on the website, goqubacuk slash podcast Bye.